one, and welcome to episode 29. 29. Almost 30. Almost 30. Mm, just like me. Of the Small Towns Big God Podcast. It's a Bible study podcast where we will dig into verse-by-verse discussion while speaking to how the Word comes to life in our personal lives. My name is Dax Bruner, and I'm the youth minister here at New Zion Baptist Church in Ector, Texas. I know. Such a lovely place, mm-hmm. Ector. They have a good cheeseburger at the store over there. I'll take your word for it. Yep. I'll buy you one one of these days if you want me to. Anyway, and across from me, as always, is Josh Lott. He's the pastor at Ivanhoe Baptist Church in Ivanhoe, Texas. Uh, have you tried the food truck? I have not. Okay. I'll tell you a story about a food truck in a minute. Okay. We're just two guys that have been led to ministry doing what we were commanded to do and evangelize through all means available. So, Internet, here we are. And we obviously don't know what we're doing. But we're going to keep doing it. <laughs> That's it. We're going to do it anyway. We, we're going to keep doing it anyway. That's right. That is correct. Anyway, so what's happening with you? Man, it's, uh, school's out. School's out. School is out. I left this morning, left my house. My two daughters, I hadn't seen them. Because they're crashed out of yeah. sleep? My, my youngest one told my oldest one last night, said, I'm not going to talk to you till after 10 a.m. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. And my son left for work before I did, so that's. At the quick loop? Yeah. He's doing good, huh? Yeah, he's doing good. That's great. Yeah, throw in the uh, there at bottom quick lube for yeah. all your old changing entire needs. <laughs> I'll send Jared Hudson there a bill for that. There you go. That's it. All right. Yeah, so food truck story, right? Yeah, okay, so, okay, so you know Jason, Jason Smith, <laughs> yeah. right? So Jason came to me a while back and said, Dax, I want to work out, I want to get in shape, I want to do all these things. I'm like, cool. So yesterday, he comes over to the house at 5 a.m., He's been doing this for three weeks. Wow. Five in the morning. He's been he's been doing great, right? So yesterday he decided he wanted to run. And I said, okay, right? So I said, we'll do an interval run. We'll run one minute. We'll walk one, run one, walk one. We'll do it for 30 minutes. We'll come back to the house. It'll be great, right? So as you know, on that main drag in Bonham that runs back behind your house. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Going up to the, to the San Luis. Yeah. Okay. So in the mornings there's a food truck. That's right there on that main drag. I can't tell you what road it is, but there's a food truck that sits there, right? You're talking about on Center Street? Yes. You're, you're, so you're you're talking about that barbecue, that red truck, yes. breakfast burritos? That's the okay. one. Okay, yeah. So we're running along. We're doing good. Jason's keeping up. It's awesome, right? We walk by the guy setting up the food truck, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. This is a bad route for me, <laughs> right? So, so we go by. You can't smell anything yet because he ain't cooking nothing, right? right? We go down, we run 15 minutes that way. We stop, come back 15 minutes this way. On our way back, he has started to prepare the burritos. Yes. And we both, <laughs> it was involuntary. We had to we had to slow down, right? And I was like, it, it is a good thing I don't have any cash on me right now because I would destroy a breakfast burrito. <laughs> so we're going to change our route is what I'm telling you. Yeah, that's not going to be good for your workout. <laughs> it was the, funny. Uh, you know, when I was in the police academy, we would work, you know, I went from one to 10. So that last hour was, uh, physical training. Okay. You know, and we were in McKinney. So me and this other guy, we, we rode together. He lived in Ector. Okay. You know, I lived in Savoy at the time. So we rode together. Oh, it was right there. Yeah. So on the way back every night, almost, we would stop at Sonic and get oh. a supersonic breakfast burrito. Oh no. Right after we worked out. Oh no. Yeah. That's a disaster at any well, time. I, yeah, I was a little younger, so I could handle that. You well, know? we, yeah, we could. Yeah. Not no more. Not not at this age at anyway. I'm not lung I'm not young like you. Lung yeah. like you? Lung like you. I'm not young like you. 
Anyway. Hey, we have graduations tonight. Graduations tonight. We'll be at Ector. I've got th- three in our group uh, graduating tonight, which is exciting. Um, I surprisingly had no other schools that I have a senior in, so it worked out it good worked for out. me. Yeah, yeah. I'm Sam Rayburn. Um, so I got one of my youth graduating tonight, so that's good. Yep. It's going to be exciting. It is. I'm excited. I don't know if anybody yeah. else is, but yeah. I'm going to have a good time. So Cram, it's going to be great. Packed in those gymnasiums. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Hector has a graduating class of 19. That's, that's, that's pretty good, I guess. That ain't bad. No. I, mean, I don't know. I saw Savoy had 11. 11? Yeah. I think Sam Rayburn's got 31, 32. That's pretty good. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right. Well, you ready to get into it? Let's jump into Let's it. Let's do it. All right. So today we are in John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 43, and we're going to finish the chapter out today. Yep. Which is going to take us through verse 54. Now, let me ask you this. Do you want me to read through the whole thing, or do you want me to stop at some point and go back? What are you thinking? Uh, let's just knock it out. And knock we'll, it out. Sounds good we'll to me. We'll break it up as we go. Perfect. All right, here we go, starting in verse 43. <clears throat> After two days he left there for Galilee. Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the festival, for they also had gone to the festival. He went again to to Cana, Cana, Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. Sorry, Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son, since he was about to die. Jesus told him, unless you, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his servants met him, saying that his boy was alive. He asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the, the fever left him, they answered. The father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. Now this was also the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee. Now, it's interesting about this. You, you've heard the, the statement, seeing is believing. I have, and... Seeing is yes. believing. Right. And the idea if you see something that is causing you to believe it. The, sure. the problem being is that's a very weak sense of belief. It is. So the way the Bible uh talks about it is is, is trusting in something. Mm-hmm. And, and trusting your life uh to something is, is the way we see seeing is believing is basically saying that we mentally agree with what's going on. Sure. That doesn't mean that we entrust our life into anything. Right. So there's this guy, there's this story about this guy, Charles Blondin. All right. He's a tightrope walker. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I know this guy. All right. So eighteen hundreds, yes. right? Yep. Eighteen fifty eight, I think it was, that yep. he decided he was gonna tightrope across Niagara Falls, uh what's that called? The the, the gorge. The gorge. Yard. Yeah. And so it's eleven hundred feet wide. And so he gets set up and all these people are watching. He winds up doing it like three hundred times before he dies. What? And uh Right, and he didn't die because of tight roping. He just is natural causes. But anyway, interesting. So he goes back and forth, back and forth, and he's got his. He tells his manager to get on his back, and then he walks across with his manager on his back, 
And then he's got this wheelbarrow. I was going to say, I know the wheelbarrow story. Full of rocks, right? And yeah. so he's like pushing the wheelbarrow and, and, and he goes across and then he's got the wheelbarrow and he's like, hey, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? And they're like, no. no. Right? Yep. So th- it's kind of like the, the scene is believing things. So let's think about these miracles Jesus performed. Right. I mean, you think about feeding the 5,000, which was probably somewhere around fifteen to 20,000. Um, and it said many followed him. But did they follow him because of the miracles or because he's the Messiah? Good question. What they seen, more than likely. So there's this difference between seeing and believing and actually entrusting yourself into something. Right. I mean, some of us at times and many, and many watching would say, you know, I believe in Jesus. Right. Uh, we, we don't interact with a whole lot of people to say that they don't. No, you know, and they, I know he's the Messiah, but have you actually entrusted your life to him? Have right. you got in the wheelbarrow, right? So to speak, surrender and surrendered to him. Mm-hmm. You know, others may say, "Hey, yeah, I'm a Christian, and I and I know I'm going to heaven," but who is pushing the wheelbarrow? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's it's money, maybe it's success or your own abilities, but it's not Jesus that's actually pushing you. Yeah, you know, through life through this wheelbarrow. Right. So what so what you're saying is is that that you give your life over to them, right? Their life is in, or your life is in their hands, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Do we do that? We hold our life into our own hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, 43 through 45, you just read, so after two days they left there for Galilee, Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. But when they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the festival, for they also had gone to the festival. Right. So he just spent two days in Samaria. Correct. We talked about that. A place where they shouldn't like him, mm-hmm. but they now come to believe and trust in him as the Messiah. Then he leaves and goes to, to Galilee, right. where they should like him. They should. And it says they welcomed him. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of co- contradicting because what Jesus just said were, you know, you're yeah. not honored in your home country. Right. But it's not. And, and let me explain what, what's going on here. See, they... They only welcomed Jesus because of what they seen him do in Jerusalem during right. the festival. Right. They were intrigued by him because of the miracles he performed, what he could offer him, the kind of miracles what's, that they could get out what's of him. In it for right? me. Yeah. Yep. Not because they believed he was Messiah. No. They had what can Jesus do for me kind of approach, then how can I serve the Messiah? How can I do what he needs me to do for him? Mm-hmm. Do we do that? Not always. Not always. <laughs> yeah. but and he knew he knew that they were not welcoming him for the right reasons. That's right. why he said Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his home country. Yeah. We saw all the way back in chapter 2 of John that he could see into a man's heart. Yeah. And he knows their motives. So yeah. he knew their motives right here at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So he said he went again to Cana, Cana yeah. of Galilee where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. Correct. When the man heard that Jesus had come to Judea and Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down, heal his son, since he was about to die. Right. So this is where Jesus did his first miracle, turning water into wine. Right. Again, they knew about Jesus. Everybody knows this. They knew what he could do. Yep. This royal official, he he was official of King Herod, Mm -hmm. the one who beheaded John the Baptist, right? Yeah, I don't like him much. No. And so this guy, he had he had the dough, right? He, he did. had the money. He had the resources. He, power, he, everything. He had the power. Mm-hmm. If you could, he's one like, my son's sick, today's world. My son's sick, and I can afford the best treatment, the best doctors, mm-hmm. you know, that I could find. So we know that he probably has exhausted yep. 
all his he, efforts. He and is trying to get his son better. He is right here. Yeah, right. he's right there. So, hey, this Jesus is coming. Yep, he's he's coming to Galilee. I, I know these miracles and these signs Jesus has done. His only hope was that Jesus could save his son. Mm-hmm. So he begged Jesus. He he fell at the feet of Jesus and he pleaded with him, "Heal my son." Yep. And, and I want us to think about this too. To do that, he had to leave his son. Yeah. He left his son's side, knowing that he was about to die. You know how hard that must have been? Terrible. You have a kid who's very, very sick, and, and you don't want to leave them. Even though there's nothing that you can do, mm-hmm. you have no desire to leave them. But you do. But you do. Because it's your only mm-hmm. hope to maybe getting them some help. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to you would do anything for your kids. Literally yeah. anything. And that's where he's at. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he should hate Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say he should. He shouldn't hate Jesus. But he's in that camp of people who should be trying to plot to, to get rid of Jesus. Yeah. But he sees a possible hope in, inside of this man mm-hmm. because of these miracles he and did. Says, and he says, I'm willing to put all that aside right, and, and save my son. And, and then Jesus tells him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. That's it. You know, he, he's talking about... All the people, they all they want to do is see miracles. All yeah. talking about all the people who want to see. They they want they refuse to get in the, the wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow mm-hmm. and surrender. They just want to see him do stuff. And this is a lot of times us as Christians. That's 100%. how we behave. Hundred percent. You know what? What we have to understand is that Jesus does not exist for us. Uh, yeah. That we exist for Him. So the question for us is, how do we approach Jesus? And I, I love this thing now, analogy, and I use it all the time. Do we treat Jesus as a genie in a bottle, uh, or do we treat him as God? As God, yeah. You know, you, you approach him like a genie, it's like, what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. What do I want? What do I desire? If you approach him like a God, it's what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. How can I serve you? How can I glorify you? Right, so you're you're, appro- you're approaching him selfishly instead of as a servant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a fine line between that. I there, mean, there, it's, it's a close line it between really someone is. who worships Jesus and someone who uses Jesus. It, it, because a lot of the times they look exactly alike. And and we're very good at showing it that right. way, aren't we? And and they may be welcoming like these people, uh welcoming to Jesus like these people were. They show him, they you know, hey, they they, they butter him up so to speak, but yeah. they still never get in the wheelbarrow. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, I actually used that story Did you? at a yeah, at a uh well a use event at Gober Baptist Church one time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Played a video of it, too. Oh, like, yeah. there's a video yeah. of this guy walking across, and I was like, would you get in? You know? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, no, heck no. I do know the story. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool because I, I read about it, and I used it, you know, before. And, uh-huh. You know, it is it's pretty neat. But, but it's uh, true. Absolutely. It's, it's true. You saw him do it. Yeah. Get in. I don't think so. No. <laughs> so verse 49. Yep says, sir, the official said to him, come down before my boy dies. Mm-hmm. So the the officials just face the crowd, you know, and, and the statement that Jesus has just made, he says, I just need you to heal my son. Mm-hmm. Whatever else, I just need you to heal his son. So now the official is no different than the rest of the crowd. Correct. He, he wants to use Jesus for a miracle. Mm-hmm. So in Jesus, being Jesus, he wants to take his compassion, his, his mercy, his grace that he has, and he wants to move this man from just his physical need 
to a spiritual need of the Messiah. Correct. And so what he does here is he says in the first half of verse 50, your son will live. Right. Now, that sounds great when you read it. Mm-hmm. But put yourself in this in, in this story. You went to Jesus, and you wanted to heal your child. Okay. And you go to Jesus, Jesus, come and heal my child. And if I was this guy, that's great. My son will live, and I appreciate it. But you need to go with me, mm-hmm. Jesus. You need to go with me. Right. I heard the stories of the Old Testament. You know, in the Old Testament, the prophet must be there when this person is healed. You need to come with me to ensure that my son will live and be okay. Right. You know, it's not like I can just go home and check on him, and if it didn't yeah. work, just call him up on the cell phone and right. say, "Hey, Jesus, you know, this." It, did, it, it didn't, didn't take. It, it didn't, didn't take. take. Yeah. You know, we I'm, need to try this again. I'm going to need you to come back. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. what he's doing is he's trying to get this guy to step out in, in faith. In faith. He's trying to get in the wheelbarrow, you yeah. know, to get past this seeing his believing idea mm-hmm. to true faith. Correct. Jesus is saying, you believe I can do miracles. Let's let's go a little deeper here. That's 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 what he's trying to tell him. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and that's what he's trying to tell us. Yeah. If you believe that I'm the Messiah, put your whole trust into me. Mm-hmm. Not just what you think I may do. Right. You yep. know, the, get the, yourself out of the way. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 11, 1, you know, you've heard this. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Correct. That's faith. That's faith. That, that's where Jesus wants to move this guy to. That's what Jesus wants us to be. Mm-hmm. It's just having faith of what is not seen, just believing what we know to be true because Christ told us this is true. Yeah. And, and, are we there in all areas of our life? No. 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 Well, we can allow. The problem today is, is that we allow the culture to influence what we believe and what we don't believe. Sure. What we can see and what we can't see. True, so, too. The Bible may say, say hey, this, this sin is not accepted in God's eyes. Right. You know, this activity is not accepted. But we can't see that it's not accepted but only in God's word, but we can see that it's accepted in our culture and the world. So we more likely to accept what the world says yeah. is, is true than what you yeah, know, God because, says. Yeah. Because the world glorifies sin. In fact, we legalize it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, just because it's legal and just cause everybody's doing it, that we, does not mean that it does not separate you from God. Right. And, and to know that we have to have faith in God's word that what he says is it's, sinful is sinful. Yeah. No sin. matter what the world says. Sin is sin. And it's very clear about what that is. Uh huh. It's very clear. So, yeah, I would, well, and dealing with youth, you, I see it more and more every single day. It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, there, there's so much and it's just easily accepted in culture. I mean, and we could get on, on this, this oh, side yeah. of things for a long time, but yeah. The whole, uh, one of the worst things that's accepted in, in culture is the the try it for you buy it mentality. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about sex, just sex before marriage. Right. I'm talking about let's let's shack up together for a while to see if this works out. Mm-hmm. You know, before we get married. Yep. I mean, and, and people look at that like, well, I, we're going to get married. Right. Yeah. Okay, or but it's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. <laughs> but. That's something that's so widely accepted by the world that it's just it's came into the church tenfold. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's oh, just it's all over it. Hundred percent. It's all over it. You know, and if you clearly the Bible calls fornication that's sin, sexual morality sinful, mm-hmm. and that, and that's what we're talking about. Yep. You know, and that's but it's world. It's accepted by the world, and so 
and more and more today, unfortunately, is getting accepted. Well, and then the other thing to that is, is you see it now, I think, more than ever, too, is that people think that there's levels to that, too, is, to sexual immorality. Well, well, at least I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, well, I'm just doing this. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And, so yeah. and we see like, it as if we break it down into categories. And then, yeah. no, it's no, it's sexual, it's sexual immorality. Yeah. No matter what you, you did, that's yeah. what that is. Whatever label you think you need exactly. to put on it, it's not, you know, it doesn't make it acceptable and we can go into other aspects of it you know obviously not not so much in our denomination but we do see it at time and a little bit here and there but you know the whole um homosexuality or the lbgtq thing and i don't know all the letters yeah yeah and they're getting accepted into the church you know and i'm not not i don't mean the church obviously right or the churches that we're involved in but like certain Mm-hmm. denominations are starting to accept these people as members of their congregation or even leaders yeah or even leaders you want to come worship with us come sit down absolutely 100 you know, we'll minister to you you can be here every week yeah and we yeah right. and we i would never to. say otherwise right but what has to be understood is is that that is sin and it should be confessed and it should be repented from mm-hmm. you know we can we're talking about big things um but in god's eyes it's all in the same it's all the field, same but you know the the whole idea that everybody lies. Uh huh. Well, everybody curses. Mm-hmm. Does that make know? it proper? Or yeah. Right? So it's accepted <laughs> by the world. So especially in these youth, you know. Oh, oh it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I don't have to honor my mother and father. Yeah. I don't have to be true. truthful all the time, unless it's you know. Unless it suits me, I can talk however I want to. Yeah, that's what everybody else does, and that and that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, you know, it's getting away from having faith in God's word and just having faith in what the world accepts and don't accept. True. All right, the last part of verse fifty, he says, "The man believed what Jesus said to him, and he departed." Right. So when you're reading this story, um, I can't help but think that Jesus on the cross, okay. you know, because God spared this man's son. This mm-hmm. man's son was about to die, and God spared him. He allowed him to live, but he, he didn't allow his own son to to, to live. To he live. didn't spare his own son. Yeah, and that just kind of shows you how much what he put up for yeah. us yeah. It's, to allow us to have eternal life. It's love. And, yeah, and in Romans eight thirty two it says he did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for all of us. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Mm-hmm. How can we not put all of our trust into Jesus Christ? How can we not? Even though I don't I, at times, <laughs> and even though you don't at times, we we get into a situation yeah. and, and, and we start trusting in ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to step back and go, okay, okay, let's, let me figure this out. Let's look, let's look at this you, little, yeah. you know. I've noticed in my life, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still getting molded and shaping and, and growing mm-hmm. and being sanctified through his word. But I'm allowing a God allowing me to see my growth in my life. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. You know, sure. when something, you know, crazy happens. I see myself just automatically going to God in prayer mm-hmm. instead of getting mad, instead of getting frustrated and instead of saying, well, how can I figure this out? Mm-hmm. no, and but it's the big things that I do that the little things it's like I want to take care of it myself yeah you know or I get it, you know and so I still obviously I still got work to do oh yeah we also got work yeah to oh do. yeah it's a struggle for me we we just talked about this mm-hmm. you know it's just it's 
and it's something that I've obviously got to work on and, and we'll continue to do so. But, but you're right. It's, it's, I'm not who I used to be for oh, sure. Absolutely not. And so, so uh, there's, there's comfort in that anyway. Uh, but knowing going forward that, yeah, there's, I mean, we've all got work to do and, and the quicker we admit it and identify that and figure out, you know, well, how he, to do that, then yeah. and what Paul writes in, in Christ promised that he's going to finish the, the work that he started in us. Mm-hmm. That's why I have to remember, we're not going to get to a stopping point. No, it's constant growth. It's, it's constant striving and moving forward and, yeah. All right. right. So, right. 51. 51. While he was still going down, his servants met him saying that his boy was alive. He asked them at, at what time he got better. Yesterday at 1 in the afternoon, the fever left him. They answered, the father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. So, he himself believed along with his whole household. Now... This was the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee. So when did he believe? There's some disagreement in the commentaries, but I say he believed when Jesus told him your son would be alive because it said, I mean. Well, it he, says right there the man believed what Jesus right. said uh-huh. to him in he, part. He didn't wait to find out whether his son was healed before he, he believed. He knew that he knew that time it happened that, that confirmed his belief that made him want to go tell everybody. Right. Capernaum was about 17 miles away, a couple hours on a horse or a five-hour walk. So yeah. it took him a couple you know, a little bit to get there. It, it took some time. He came in in desperation to get his son healed. He he did. He went straight back. Yep. You know, he just trusted. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what I love about this, and I I think this is very important. He told his family. Yeah. And he probably even told his servants. And what happened? He told everybody. They believed. Yep. He didn't keep it himself. He he shared that Jesus changed him. Father believing. And he took it back to his home. Yep. And that right there, we can get on your soapbox forever here. Fathers believing and taking it back to his home is so important that the father believe. It's so important for the father to be the spiritual leader in his household. And today, 90-something percent of the time, probably, the, the if they're, one, the father's lost. Yep. Or the father is not the spiritual leader of the home. Right. And I always go back and I, and I see this and I see how important it is because I came to know Christ. And then after I came to know Christ, my wife came to know Christ and then my son and then my middle daughter and then my youngest daughter. And it's like, and it always takes me back to Acts and then this right here where it's, he believed him and his entire household. household. Because the male, the father has so much influence on his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good or bad. Good or bad. It's all And we got to stop the bad. We got to stop the bad. Yep. We do, we do, and that's, I guess that's what we're doing, right? <laughs> that's what we're trying to At do. least throwing it out there. Yeah. Yep, for sure. But yeah, man. But, but and going back to what you said, we, I mean, this takes you back even to the Samaritan woman where she went back and told everybody. Right, and, that's and, just and, two straight stories. And he's so. telling everybody, and then we're trying to tell everybody. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully prayerfully that who we talked to was trying to tell everybody right. you know so um, that's why we're we're disciples we become a disciple then we are to make disciples, disciples. that's I've right i've been reading this book called four chair ministry okay and just to give you a real quick what it what the point of it is is that it shows you to to share and make disciples like jesus did mm-hmm. and it shows you scripture references and like chair wants to come and see Okay. Like you don't yet believe, but you're intrigued by what's going on. Come have a look. So Jesus says, "Come and see." Okay. You know, and so you—that's chair one. And then when you become a 
a follower of Jesus, when Jesus says, follow me, and you follow him, that's chair two. You're in that follow me stage, and you're right. starting to learn. And then chair three, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Mm. You're starting to disciple other, other people. people. Mm-hmm. And then chair four, you go and bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So the progression growth and what we're all called to do yep. is we come and see we're intrigued by God's word. Then we believe God's word, and then we share God's word with other people, mm-hmm. and then we go serve and do do things for Him. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that also we don't proves... stay in chair two, right? And the problem is, there's so many people sitting in churches every Sunday morning in chair one. Chair one, they're yeah. intrigued, but they've not yet gotten the wheelbarrow and right. put their faith and trust in Jesus. Right. Yeah. Big, and that's well, a that's a dangerous road to be on. And the Great Commission says go. Right. It doesn't say sit. It says go. It says go. Yeah, that's a verb. But if you're in chair one, you you haven't. You got you haven't. You're not going anywhere. You, got, you ain't got no eternal life yet. No, you don't. No, you know you don't. You're just kind of seeing. I mean, I'd hate to get to the you know Jesus come back and man, man, I it sounded good, but I never got in the wheelbarrow. Yeah, you know, stuck in chair one. Stuck in chair one. I need to see that book. All right, it's a time. good one, man. Yeah, I had fun. Chapter five next time. Chapter five coming up. Exciting times. All right. Well, let's bow and dismiss. We'll get out of here. Father, we're so thankful for your word. Every opportunity we get to share it and receive it as an encouragement to everyone who hears it. Father, I'm so thankful for Josh and our friendship and our time together, accountability that's needed. Uh, Father, I just ask that this message is received as as it should be, um, as an encouragement to go out and share your word. And be better disciples, Father. Um, just be with anyone who's who's sick and needs healing. Uh, you know how to handle that. And Father, just um, just bless us as we move forward to glorify you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the Small Towns Big God Podcast. We don't know what we're doing, but we're going to do it anyway.